Thank you, thank you, worship team, for establishing uh, that presence here this morning. And um, I'm telling you, it's it's the reason why we're why we were created in the first place was to worship God. And so, what an intimate! Uh, I love intimate worship, um, and so uh, it makes us it makes us feel uh, like, like like over at East Long Beach, uh, just an intimate worship, um, and we love it so so much. Um, Man, I'm telling you, it's, that, that, that is good, good stuff. I, I, I know Sister, uh, Sister Yoveta mentioned something earlier um, in our first service uh, when it came to the worship was just, she mentioned, uh, she said, when I, when I worship, uh, I focus on just God. Uh, I focus on just Him. Um, and man, I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Um, and so uh, glad to be able to worship with you guys here this morning. Uh, always, always a good, good time when we come together uh, and gather in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Beginning in verse 29. The Bible says this, it says, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. It says, Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired, They will walk and not become weary. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this appointment that you have made for us to gather in, Lord. We love, we love the assembly of the saints. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your love and your faithfulness. Lord God, for you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, you are are still on the throne You are still doing great things. And Lord, you still seek to use our lives for your kingdom building. Father, help us, Lord God, to stay humble. Lord God, and to stay willing to be used by you. For all you seek is a willing vessel. Someone who says yes. Someone who says you can use me, Lord. We have a lot of people here this morning, Father who are willing to be used by you. Lord, you can use us, Father, for your honor and for your glory. We thank you for the privilege and the honor to be used for your kingdom building. Lord, we thank you, Father God, once again for the unity in this place, Lord God, for the joy that comes from you, for the peace, Lord God, that we are chasing after. Father, we thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. The church says... Amen and amen. Isaiah's words to us are so encouraging to strength to the weary. The weariness, whether physical, uh, emotional, or spiritual, it comes to us all in different times in our lives. And, and, and we need to be reminded that it's in those times that we are tired. It's in those times that we may feel weary, heavy laden, that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, uh, will not grow tired or weary. 
God is not affected by this. The Bible says in verse 29 that the Lord gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. See, the thing about us sometimes is that we expect immediate results within our lives. We want God to, we want God to, to, to move uh, in certain things right when we speak them. Why? Because we've grown accustomed to that in this day and age. I was sharing with the, with, with the earlier that uh, I know this is, you know, older, older news now, but when Amazon came out with the same-day shipping, Everyone was, everyone was, was mind-boggled. I was, I was just like, like in awe of how they can get you a, a product the same day that you purchase it online. How is that even possible? And what did it do to everyone? It got everyone accustomed to having things even faster than they've been uh, experiencing it before. It made everyone think, well, every company should offer same-day shipping. But we know that, you know, it's a little more involved than just uh, uh, being able to, to say, yes, we can do that. But I have great news for you today is that you can be strengthened by the Lord faster than Amazon can get you a package. Why? Because the Holy Spirit that is strengthening us lives within you. He doesn't have to travel to get to you. There's no, there's, no, there's no lapse in time involved in restrengthening you and I because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And so when you ask God, God, I need some restrengthening this morning, I'm not sure if, 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 if maybe uh, uh, you fit that, that, that build this, uh, this morning, but if you've been asking God, God, restrengthen me, God, uh, uh, I, need some, I need some help. God gives us that immediately. To surrender to his will. I wonder how much of our weariness stems from a lack of patience within our lives. You see, trusting in God is a patient expectation that God will fulfill his promises in his word and will strengthen us to rise above life's difficulties. A patient expectation, knowing that God is at work, knowing that God is strengthening you, knowing that God is faithful, knowing that God loves you. How many of you know that God loves you this morning? He loves you. You wouldn't be here if he didn't love you. You wouldn't be in your right mind this morning if God didn't give you an opportunity to make things right within your life and to be in right standing with him. You wouldn't have the inheritance that God has promised to you if he didn't love you. Your sins wouldn't be forgiven. All those things you've done in the past that God has wiped clean, and, and, has, and has led you to a place of being born again. He wouldn't do that for you if he didn't love you. Turn to the person sitting next to you and tell him God loves you. Tell him I care for you too. <laughs> See, his strength is our source of strength. 
So what must we do? Talking about spiritual strengthening within our life, what is, what is our task to receive a spiritual strengthening within our life? Number one, number one is to believe. Believe. Now I know that may sound very basic. It may sound like the first thing you learn uh, when you become a Christian. But many times it's very difficult for us to actually do. Many times it's, it's, a, it's a difficult task for us in certain situations within our lives to believe and to trust in the Lord. To believe means to accept the word or evidence of. To accept the word or evidence of. Do you believe that God loves you this morning? Do you believe that he is working things out for your good? Well, no, maybe he's working things out for someone else's good, not mine. No, God is working things out for your good. You might not know it right now. You may not see it, uh, uh, but God is, is going to reveal those things to you. As they happen, uh, God is going to, God is taking you uh, to, to a place where, where he is going to uh, honor your faithfulness. Uh, he is going to, to, to bless your persistence in, in seeking after him. He's gonna do this for you. Matthew 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He even says to cast your cares and to give, give those, those weights or heavy burdens that you may be carrying, and he says, and I will give you a lighter load something that you are able to keep, to keep moving forward with. See, Jesus offers himself as the universal solution to all that burdens us. Reading, reading what led to this point of Jesus speaking when he said, come to me, what he actually meant was uh, believe in who I claim to be. And when you believe in who I claim to be, you will understand that I am able to do all things. Will we believe in him? Will we trust him? See, Jesus doesn't want our souls resting on the hows and the whens as if we were wise enough to understand them anyways and determine them, but rather he wants our souls resting on the surety uh, that he will keep his promises in the best way and at the best time. First Peter 5, 7 says, come to me, he says, cast your cares and anxieties on me for I care for you. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in me with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. How many times recently have you been leaning on your own understanding? You found yourself a mess. You found yourself confused. 
You found yourself trying to figure God out. But let me tell you right now, a God that you can figure out is not a God worth serving in the first place. See, the Bible says that his ways are not our ways. His timing is not always our timing. But God always moves at the right time. Isn't that something? It's not when we want it, but it seems to be always the right time. What does that tell you about God? What it tells me about God is that he knows you and I better than we know ourselves. Why? Because we may think, oh God, I need this right now. Or God, I'm gonna be needing this in a week. So if you could make this happen for me, I'd really appreciate it. And you would, you would really prove yourself to be real. God doesn't work on our timeline. God says, look, just be patient. But the patience that I'm, that I'm instructing you to, to have is patient expectation. That I am working things out for your good and that I will come through. Because I'm faithful. God says, I don't know how to, not, how to not be faithful. That's not in me. See, Jesus is the one answer to every question, every concern we have, every worry, every fear, and any need that we will ever have. And he says just to believe. It's simple, right? It's so, it's so elementary, believe. Number two is to abide. Not only is he asking us to believe, but he's asking us to abide. To abide means to continue or to remain. To continue to remain. In John 15, uh, Jesus describes or compares our relationship with him, and he uses the analogy of a branch and a grapevine. Jesus says that I am the vine, he says, but you are the branch. See now, the branch of a grapevine by itself is very weak and useless. We're not talking about the branch of a tree. Talking about the branch of a grapevine. If you guys ever seen a grapevine before? It's very, very fragile, very weak. I think all it's, all it's good for is, is either bearing or burning, but not for building. It wasn't meant for that. And Jesus compares our relationship with him with a branch and a grapevine. See, the branch cannot produce its own life. It must draw that life from the vine. So the question is, how can, how can you tell that you are abiding in Christ? See, I like whenever we read God's word, I like to answer things like this because it helps me to learn. I like to make things practical for us. Why? Because that's the way I learn. 
Uh, I, I'm not big on, on big words and, and, and all these things. I want things practical, and I want to be able to understand it. So dummy it down for like a five-year-old so that I can understand. Maybe not, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Let's make it practical. So how do we know that we are abiding in Christ? The Bible says that any branch who abides in the vine will produce fruit. The Bible says that. This is how you are to know that you are abiding in Christ. Because if I just came to you and said, uh, you need to abide in Christ. You need to abide in Christ. And I just left you and said, you know, God bless, have a, have a good week. You'd be confused. The Bible says you would bear fruit if you are connected. So basically, it's our communion with Christ through the Spirit that makes possible the bearing of this fruit. Some people thought that abiding in Christ would give you just this, this, this warm, fuzzy feeling. You've been, and you've been waiting for the goosebumps. See, but God says there's better than that. There's evidence. There's evidence in your life. And the fruit is, that, is one of those uh, uh, key pieces of evidence for you to know that you are actually abiding in Christ. And to abide in Christ means uh, to keep in fellowship with him so that his life can work in and through you to produce this fruit. But what is this, what is this fruit that we are speaking of in the first place? Once again, let's answer this question as well. What does the fruit look like? How do I know if I'm producing fruit in my life? Okay, well, let's look at the purpose of this fruit. When a branch produces fruit, what is the purpose of that fruit for the branch? Does the branch consume the fruit itself? I've never seen a tree branch or, a, or any kind of branch consuming its own fruit. Never. So what is the fruit for? It's for others. You know, at your house, you have that lemon tree and your neighbor is enjoying all of your lemons off that tree? Or maybe, you, or maybe even better, and you know, maybe you might think, no, that's not better, but avocados, I love avocados. Maybe you got an avocado tree, and once again, your neighbor is enjoying all the fruit of your labor, literally. The fruit is for others to enjoy. The branch doesn't partake of it. And so when the Bible says that we are to produce fruit, it isn't for our own uh, consumption. It's for others to enjoy. It's for others to partake of. So what does that mean? God is, Jesus is saying, I need you to serve others. This isn't about you and I. It's not about the person you look at in the mirror every day. God, why am I going through this? He says, I'm doing it for others. Stop focusing on yourself. Start looking past yourself and looking at the direction that God is taking you for the purpose of. See, many times we get so messed up because all we're focusing on is on self. We can't even see past our own problems. God, why have you forsaken me? He hasn't forsaken you. 
That's against, that's against his nature. But it's well within ours. So Jesus says, I need you to serve others so that others can be blessed through the fruit that you produce. What does that fruit look like again when you, when you lead someone to Christ? That's fruit right there. That's fruit. How many people have you led to establish a relationship of their own with Jesus Christ? You've just bore, you just, uh, uh, bore fruit in your life through someone else. When you grow in holiness, when you grow in obedience, you are bearing fruit within your life. See, we should be the kind of people who feed others by our words and our works. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. I like that. The lips of the righteous feed many. See, he also says that each connected branch will experience pruning. We know, you know, if you have a, if you have a green thumb, you know, if you're good with, with gardening and uh, every so often, from what I hear, uh, trees have to be pruned. They just did it uh, in, our, in our front yard. The, the city came by and, 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 and trimmed all the trees. And I'm thinking, why did you trim my tree? It was just at the point where it was providing some good shade. And then you come and trim it. What's wrong with you guys? Don't you know anything about trees? <laughs> Their main purpose is to provide shade, <laughs> right? Thinking about ourselves. But they do that for a reason. It's not because they have nothing better to do. It's because a certain season is coming for that tree. And they understand that because that season is coming, that tree needs to be pruned. That there needs to be things that need to, that need to, to uh, be taken away in order for you to what? To bear more fruit. See, this is what God does. God sometimes takes away to give you more. Why? Because his ways are not our ways. We're not gonna understand him. But that's who he is. See, he does everything for your good. And that's what you have to rest on brothers and sisters in Christ, that he does things for your good. So that when he allows things to happen, it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't, it wasn't God dropping the ball. It was God allowing things to happen so that you can bear more fruit in your life. God is giving you an opportunity to be used by him. Why, for your glory? No way, for his glory. Everything, all the glory goes to God. You're just an instrument. You're just a broken vessel, the Bible says. A broken, a broken cistern that God uses for his kingdom building.
Don't ever think that you have, you just have what it takes or someone just has what it takes to be used by God. No. <laughs> God will equip the called. He calls you, he's gonna give you everything that you need. So you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to worry. You don't, you don't need to live in fear of saying, you know what, should I say yes or no to this calling upon my life? No, you say yes. Why? Because God is gonna use you greatly for his honor and his glory, and you're gonna be shocked, shocked at how God is able to use your life. Not only does the pruning in our life cause us to bear more fruit, Jesus goes on to say that in verse seven, in verse seven, he says that those who abide in him will have their prayers answered. You will see answered prayers in your life if you abide in him. You will see God continue to give you everything you need in order to be fruitful. In, uh, uh, why? Because you are attached to the vine. You're attached to the life. Remember I said the life comes from Jesus Christ. And as long as you are connected, you will always be living. And I believe it's that abundant life too. It's the abundant life that God talks about. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus says in verse 11 that they who are connected will also, be, will also experience joy in their lives. Are you experiencing joy this morning? If you're not, then maybe you need to check whether you're connected to the vine or not. See, joy isn't, joy isn't just uh, uh, um, uh, the feeling that you get when someone gives you a present. That's not joy. Because I tell you right now, you open it and it's not what you wanted. <laughs> you're gonna be mad. And all of a sudden, what, that joy just left you? No, no, no. Your little, your little emotional happiness just left you because you didn't get what you were expecting. But the Bible says that joy, joy is not based upon circumstances. Joy is not based upon what is going right or wrong in your life. The joy that comes from the Lord And then he continues. He says, and those who also abide, he says in verse 12 through 13, will experience a deepening love for Christ and a deeper love for others. So these things, the Bible says, will reveal the true branches. It will reveal who's really connected to Jesus because a true branch will always bear fruit. Always. It's not a, it's not a question of if, but it's a matter of when. See, we are to believe we also, need to, we also need to abide, and then lastly here, and certainly not the least, is we need to follow. 
we need to follow. Follow means to watch steadily, to keep the mind on. You know, we live in a social media culture here, and, you know, people are following you. What is it? Instagram, right? You follow someone on Instagram, like them on Facebook. I mentioned earlier, like that, I think that's what I hear the court shows say, like, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Um, but many people will follow someone or an organization without a real intention of following. Why? Because it's so easy to hit a button. It's so, it's so, it's so convenient to say, oh, boom, I'm going to follow you. But have no real intention of following through. But we know that a life lived for Christ cannot be handled that way. Let's see what Jesus says in Luke 14. He says this, he says, if you do not pick up your cross and follow me, you are not my disciple. Now you may read that and think, well, that's, that's pretty harsh. No, no, it's not. Jesus is, is, is not sugarcoating things for us. He's telling us what you need to do in order to be in his safety. What you need to do in order to continue to be given the life-giving uh, 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 vitamins and, and, and all the nutrients that God knows that you need, spiritually speaking. But as he said, it's going to take following me. If you don't follow me, then you are not my disciple. Jesus says in John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. See, we all bear burdens and become weary, but in different ways for different reasons within our lives and often at different times. And in those times that we feel weary, we can be very cynical. We can get discouraged. We're not, we're not the best preachers for our soul at that time. So what do you need? You need someone else to encourage you. You need someone else to lift you up. You need someone else uh, to, to speak words of life over your life. As it says in Hebrews 10, verse 25, the importance of gathering in places like this. It says to meet together as is the habit of some, but to keep on encouraging one another. To keep on encouraging one another. You know, we gather in church and, and you know, it's, you know maybe, maybe for you it's good to see so-and-so. Maybe it's to catch up on, on some things. But there's a lot that takes place that God has, that God has, has uh, orchestrated for you to be a part of through the assembly of the saints. It's so key for us to keep moving forward. It's so vital. You need the person sitting next to you. You need them. You need them to, to pray for you. You need them to encourage you. You need them just to be there for you. 
Sometimes just a listening ear is all we need. So if you are weary for whatever reason, however complex, uh, Jesus invites you to come. He says, just come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, believe, abide, and follow Jesus' example, and you will find rest for your soul. If fatigue has, has caused you to forget God's presence uh, and his power, then why not stop what you're doing and recall his promise? All of his promises for you. In verse 31, it says, those who hope in the Lord will have their strength renewed. That's a promise from God to you that if you, that if you would just rest in him, that you will have renewed strength in your life. You will see a spiritual strengthening take place when tomorrow, no, right now, right where you sit, God is gonna give you that as we ask. Here now. See, when life's struggles make you weary, you need to find strength in the Lord. Find strength in him. Abide in him. Stay connected to him. The life giver. And you will continue to bear fruit in your life. But understand the purposes of it. To serve others. It's for others to partake of. All those, all those things that God is allowing in your life, all those struggles that you've been through, all those valleys that you've gone through in your walk with Christ. It's for others. It's not, it's not just for your encouragement. It's for you to encourage others as well. I was talking to a brother over the phone. Someone had, someone had given him my, my, my number and some things were taking place in, or are still taking place in his life. And he decided to, to commit his life to Christ and begin a relationship with him. Greatest decision he ever has made in his life. And I was speaking to him and he was sharing with me all the things that are taking place in his household. And he was sharing with me also all the progress that he has seen through prayer and through, and through uh, uh, all the uh, individuals who have, who have been a part of his life during this difficult time in his life. And I was sharing with him the same thing and I said, brother, look, what you're going through, these things that you are encountering in your life right now, see, when they first happen, you may be clueless as to what the reason or purpose is. But as time goes, and as you, and as you seek after God, uh, God, God begins to move on your behalf, 
And he begins to, and, and, and his supernatural power takes over in that situation. And you see miracles take place. What is it doing? It is grounding you. It is building your foundation in him. Why? Because when someone, when someone comes to you after the fact and says, God is not real, you say, no way, God is real. I've seen him do this and this and this in my life. You can't tell me he's not real. I see the evidence. And then I said, as you, as you grow that foundation in him, you share that with others. It's not just for you. Don't be selfish with the miracles that you've seen God do in your life. Share them with someone else. There's someone else who is going through the same thing you're going through. Take your eyes off of yourself and put them past that on what God wants to do through your life for someone else. That's the key, church. That's the key. If you do that, you can't go wrong. If you do that, you will live every day with purpose. Why? Because the purpose that God has for your life is to serve others. Believe, abide, and follow. We do that, and you will see God continue to make you fruitful. You will see God continue to use our lives for his honor and for his glory until he comes back to get his church, amen? As every head is bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. This morning, This morning we get to the very most important part of our service and that is to extend an invitation to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's everything that we've talked about today. To believe, abide, and follow. Everything is about our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it starts and that's where it'll finish. And this morning, if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you, are, if you are not connected to the vine, as Jesus says, then you need to do that today. Those who are listening online, this is for you as well. The invitation extends to you. Why? Because God loves you. God desires that none would perish, not knowing him, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of his faithfulness, his goodness, and his love. The same God that created the heavens and the earth has also created you and I and he still loves you. He still loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. 
You can't do anything bad enough for God not to love you. He loves you. He wouldn't have sent his son for you if he didn't. And so if that's you this morning and you wanna make a commitment to follow Christ, you believe, but you wanna start abiding in him and you wanna start following, then I want you to repeat this prayer after me right where you're at. Repeat this prayer after me and say, Jesus, I come to you a sinner asking for forgiveness. I believe that you died for me and that you conquered death so that I could have life and a life more abundant. Father, I thank you for the hope, the joy, the peace and the inheritance that I have in you. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Let's give God a shout of praise this morning for all those who have given their lives to Christ this morning. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah for the church this morning. If we could all stand to our feet. Maybe you're having some difficulty believing, abiding, and following. The great news is God has given you an opportunity today to get some help. God is offering his hand to you. He's offering today to be the life giver for you. I told you, God knows you better than you know yourself. Don't rely on what you think you need to get by in life. That's not a life worth living. But put your trust in the Lord. Put your hand, put yourself in his hands. And let him direct you. And let him strengthen you. And let him give you help if you feel weary. Let him give you strength if you feel tired. Let him give you direction if you are confused. And let him take your eyes off of yourself and onto others. This morning, I wanna open the altars. If the message spoke to you in any way, things that you need to give to God this morning, things that you need his help in, uh, I, want you to, I want you to seek him in those things, and I want you to come to the altar this morning. We wanna pray for you. We wanna pray for you this morning. If that's you, if that's you, and you want to, and you want to, to uh, abide and follow Christ, or maybe you're having some trouble believing too, believing that God is who he says he is, and God is faithful. Maybe, maybe you're questioning his faithfulness. I don't know. Seek him this morning. Seek his face. Hallelujah.